Swamiji, are science and spirituality two different paths to the same goal? Are they mutually exclusive? They're exclusive in the minds of scientists, but they're not exclusive. If science is seeking truth, then it's a good thing. But the thing is that truth and facts are different. And science... I read an article in Span magazine many years ago, and I wrote a whole book in answer to that, and then I wrote another one that carried it further. Well, the first was called Out of the Labyrinth, and it answers these scientific doubts that life is meaningless, there's no purpose in life, there's no purpose or direction in evolution, it's all accidental, there is no God, and so on. And then I wrote another one, Hope for a Better World, and uh, I analyzed the writings of philosophers showing that there's no hope and so on. All this is just in the mind of the viewer. And the scientists, the main trouble with science is their ego. They think that with their little brains they can figure everything out. And uh, they manage to find a few little crumbs, <laughs> but they don't find what we're really looking for, how to be happy. Scientists tend to be very dry and uh, they don't have love, they don't have joy. Those who do can be great men. Anybody who is sincerely looking for truth will turn gradually from physical science to a higher science. The highest science is yoga. Yoga too is a science because it says, find out for yourself if it's true. Do these things, cooperate with the divine grace and find out if it's so or not. In, in India, there are three basic philosophies. One is Shankya, which tells you why you should not be satisfied with this world, why you should seek a higher world. Vedanta, which tells you what the final truth is, that we are all a manifestation of the infinite consciousness. And then Yoga, which tells you how to reach that state. Well, science is... The yoga is the science of the spiritual path. So when it's a, not a materialistic science, then it's more worthwhile. The purpose of science, the method, scientific method is, have a hypothesis and find out if it works. That's a good thing and an honorable thing to do. The trouble is many scientists um, let their egos get into it and they get just as firmly dogmatic as any priest can be. There was one, I forget his name, Evans, I think, but I'm not sure. He was examining the, the uh, um, ancient sites in Crete, and he found that something was on the wrong level according to his preconceptions. So he sort of put it on the right <laughs> level according to his preconceptions. Scientists can't help being human too. But the scientific method of trying to understand is fine, as long as it doesn't have this prejudice that everything has to be material, everything has to be the way I think that it is, and then trying to prove that it's that. If you really are seeking, I myself, this is how I came to God. I was seeking through truth, through reason, for a long time. I didn't seek God because God to me was not a, something I could understand. So I tried through science, and then I found that, no, 
Science will give me mental ideas, but it won't give me inspiration. So the truth I want has to be inspiring. And I tried to find it through politics, and I toyed with communism and different things, and I realized that systems won't make people better. People are what they are, and the systems, if people can make a good thing of the worst system and a bad thing of the best system. It depends on the person. And so finally I thought, well then, how do I inspire the person to become better? And I was thinking through the arts, and I was very much into painting, architecture, sculpture, music. I myself have written a great deal of music, over 400 pieces. In literature, I wanted to be a poet and a playwright. But more and more, I came to understand that uh, that truth has to be something that will change me, that will inspire me. And I wanted to be a playwright. I thought, I don't know truth. Why should I flood the world with my ignorance? And so I gave up playwriting. And uh, I finally came to the point where I understood that without God, it's like a string that you want to use to tie something is just a bit too short. And everything, the string was just too short. Without God, there could be no answer to anything. And I looked back over history, and the people who had really had an impact on society, on civilization, all of them had been spiritual figures. Jesus Christ, Buddha, Krishna, all of them. And I thought, then, I have to seek God. And I, I remember at the time, I thought nobody has ever sought God before. I thought, am I going crazy? I remember going out into the night and trying to think, what can God be? I realized he has to be consciousness, and that I am conscious because he is conscious. And therefore, my consciousness must be a part of his consciousness. And then the goal of life must be to open myself to his consciousness, to make myself more in tune with that consciousness and have more of that. And I decided then that the purpose of my life has to be to seek God. And I think I thought I was going crazy, but I finally reached the point where I thought, well, even if I go crazy, this is the only thing that makes any sense to me. I've got to. I was really desperate. It doesn't Telling the story now doesn't say much, but I was absolutely desperate to know what this is all about. And that, I was being a scientist in the true sense. I was using my reason to show me beyond reason there's got to be inspiration. And where that inspiration comes from has to be from he. And my God helped me in that. I could never have made such a change if my parents had been with me. I was very young then, 21 years old. My father was sent to Egypt to explore for oil. The very day that I put my mother on the ship to join him, I was 22 by then, I came upon Autobiography of a Yogi. I went uptown New York, went into a bookstore there and saw this book, and it completely changed my life. I didn't know anything about Indian teachings and... Uh, I'd read a little bit, just enough to know that it rang true. But uh, I took the next bus across the country and my life was changed from then on. That was 64 years ago. Mm -hmm. But uh, 
Swamiji, when the Bible says that man is made in the image of God, does it mean that consciousness? It does mean that consciousness. You know, there's a very curious thing too. Uh, you know, the people who've been found these, I mean, I don't know much about UFOs, but everything I've read says that people have seen people from outer space and they have more or less the same form we do. Well, if Darwin was right, they couldn't have the same form. This human form is just an accident, but there is a reason for it. Yogananda said that in a sense, we are also in, made in the image of God. And he put it in this way. You know, when people have a near-death experience, they see a tunnel and they go through this tunnel. What The way the soul comes into the physical body, it comes through the medulla oblongata. It goes into the brain, it goes down the spine, out into the afferent and afferent nervous system to create the flesh and blood and everything else. So when you go back to God, you have to go up the spine. That spine is the tunnel. And then, this is the seat of ego, but the superconscious is centered here. And when you go, when you're very deep in meditation, you see the reflection of the energy coming in through here as what is known as the spiritual eye. And this spiritual eye has a golden exterior ring, which represents the astral world. You go through that, that becomes a tunnel. And you go through that and you see a blue ring. And in that, the astral, that's the causal world. And you go through that and you come to what is actually and literally a five-pointed star when you see it perfectly. This is why the wise men in the East, they said they, they have seen his star in the East. And the star that led them to the uh, cradle in Bethlehem they were going westward. Mm -hmm. There's a clue in the Bible there. They saw it in the east. They followed it eastward. They were going westward. It's here that they were so that they saw it. This is the east of the body, and when you see that five-pointed star, this is the highest consciousness, cosmic consciousness, and the reason that Jesus, they saw his star, was that he was he was coming from that highest consciousness. Now, man is, in a sense, like a five-pointed star. In this sense, we are made in the image of God. We have a head and two legs, two arms, makes a five-pointed star. And uh, we have to understand that we, too, are children of God. Not this physical body, but that star, that divine consciousness out of which we have come. But all of us are made in the image of God, and of course the meaning of it is much, also much subtler than that, much, well that's pretty subtle, but it's broader than that. For example, his love is implanted in you, which is why you seek love. His bliss is implanted in you, and that's why you seek bliss. And although bliss doesn't have a form, yet indeed you are made in that image too, because you are made to seek only bliss. This is the motivation for every human action. People try to find happiness. They don't find it. But the reason they're looking for it is that they want it in their own self.
<clears throat> we've come from bliss and our goal in life is finally to merge back into that bliss. So we are made in his image and the more we live in that sense of wanting to see him in everybody, to share him in everybody, to love him in everybody. When Jesus said, love thy neighbor as thyself, he, your neighbor is yourself. We are all a part of that bliss. And really, when you have that thought, you can't help loving everybody because you see that everybody is looking for that bliss. The worst mafioso, he doesn't know it, but that's what he's looking for. And when you have that consciousness, you can see the strangers in the streets of a big city and you can't help loving them because you know that all of them are your own brothers and sisters. All of them are looking for that ultimate bliss and they just don't know it yet. And they're suffering because they don't know it. How can you not feel compassion for them?